0: Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're going to be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. So for anyone who's listening, I who's listened to my podcast for a while, I had Jill Wise, who's the enlightened target on last year, and it was one of the most downloaded episodes because apparently a lot of people have narcissists in their lives. So I had asked people to send in topics and everyone, again, wanted to talk about narcissism. And apparently a lot of people have to deal with this in family members. So If you looked at me right now, Lee, and I don't have this on video, I look like that crazy person with all those post-its everywhere because I'm like writing down what other people wanted me to ask and then what I wanted you to ask. So I'm going to try to make this as concise as possible, but I have a million questions for you. So first of all, thank you for being on the podcast.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Oh my gosh. So um, I guess the first question I have for you. So Lee is on, he is a self-aware narcissist, right? That's what you call yourself.
1: Yes. Yes. That's the the title. It's like my nickname they gave me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you are hilarious. You must follow him. It's Mental Healness on all social channels. And his YouTube, his podcast, the Instagram, he brings such awareness and knowledge, but it's actually with like this comedic timing that you have is... Fantastic. So thanks for making me laugh a lot. But you, I know a lot of people watch you and they go, well, you're a narcissist and you changed. So why can't my mom, dad, husband, etc. why can't they change?
1: So, so me personally, I don't, I, I don't ever use the word change for myself because it's such a you know vague, wide word. I just tell people what I've been able to do Through five years of therapy and like 15 years of personal development, I have been able to alter my behaviors. I've been been able to manipulate myself enough to alter my behaviors so they're not self-destructive or, you know, they don't destroy my interpersonal relationships anymore. They actually benefit me. You know, it's kind of like gaslighting yourself to be a a better person and things like that. And it's only because I'm aware of the stuff I've been doing, you know?
0: So you have become almost your own victim. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: <I've> never, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's a good. I've never read that before. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. That's, I, it's true though. It's funny. Um, but yeah, if you think about it like that, in my own terms, yeah, I have become a victim of myself and how how you know manip- manipulative I can be and things like that. So I just I just kind of selfishly and narcissistically focused on myself more. You know, I made it about me. Um, and it's helped out, you know, it just helped and the way to work. You know, my wife called me a narcissist. She kind of screamed it at me in an argument. She didn't just come to, she didn't come to me gently and say, Hey baby, you're a narcissist. Go get help. She was like, it's hard to live with a damn narcissist. And she left, Yeah. you know, so I kind of had a, had a wake up call right there. So that's how I ended up in therapy. But it's like, it just, it does take hard work you have to kind of just stay on the path because I'm 37 years old now. I've been in therapy for five years. So I, it's easier for me to go back onto the previous 32 years of my own behaviors as opposed to going forward, you know, for five years. It's just easier.
0: But, okay, so your wife leaves, and then we all know, if anyone has done any research, it's it's called hoovering, when a narcissist comes back to beg you back. So when you came back, why why did you change instead of it wasn't just the normal hoovering to manipulate you to get you back just to manipulate you again?
1: So she left a couple of times. So the first time she left, when she called me a narcissist. Um, yeah, I looked, I got curious and looked it up. I was super angry. I called her a narcissist too. But I thought narcissist just was just um, you know, just a buzzword, just for like for egotistical people. I didn't realize it was a whole full blown personality disorder that comes along with it. So I got on, I got curious, I got on Google and looked it up, and it was like, damn, I'm a narcissist. And so for me, since I was younger, I had always kind of figured that I was different anyway. So, reading about narcissistic personality disorder kind of gave me the answers to the questions that I, I always been asking myself as to why I feel different, why I feel like I'm out of place, right? Why my emotions, my why my emotions don't click like everybody else's. So I'm just like, this makes sense to me. It gave me the answers. It provided me the answers. I was like, hey, look, I am a narcissist. I'm not even fighting. I'm not even arguing with you. This is me, you know. But and most like, narcissists, okay.
0: but no, most narcissists would read that and be like, that's not me. I'm perfect. I have nothing wrong with me. It's you
1: because most narcissists aren't asking themselves the same questions that I've been asking myself to help my whole life. Like, why do I feel this way? You know, and plus I, have, I have a twin brother that's directly connected to me. And he reacted differently to situations than I do. He'd be crying and I'd be like, mm, why are you crying for? That's weird. You know, you don't have a reason to cry right now. You know? So I have a, a baseline of what normal looks like. So growing up with him, he would have normal reactions. And I'd be like, eh, why are you crying? Why are you sad right now? Look, this this is a, this doesn't affect us like that. You know, it doesn't affect you personally. So I always been knowing that I was kind of, you know, the lack of a better word off, you know. Right. But so when I grew up and I heard the word narcissist, I understood it. It was like, oh, this is why I'm off. Right. This is what's been going on in my head. This it just gave me the answers to those questions I've been asking myself for a very, very long time. And like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's bad. It's horrible. Yeah,
0: I could. It's it seems like it, it seems like a, just a very lonely life.
1: Would yeah, you say that? Be. Yeah. Yeah, it can It can feel lonely because, like, it just seems like you always, like, especially with, if you have abandonment issues, you always wait on people to leave you, right? So it's just like, "Oh, well, when are you going to leave?" Well, 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 so if people are going to leave you, you ch- you try to leave them first. Well, you know?
0: that's what I was going to ask you. So, what I don't, what I don't understand about the narcissistic personality disorder is, if they always want to be in power, then how does it? also makes sense that they want to be the victim because for me, being a victim is the opposite of being in a place of power. Is it? I think so.
1: If you like, if I come out and say I'm a victim of somebody like that people shower me with attention and affection and love and things like that, they give you the things that they don't give the aggressor. Right. right. They give you all the good stuff. Like, Hey, I'm a victim of this right here. Like, oh my goodness. Give them this, you know, here's the support system. Here's people that love you and care about you. It's like, it's like you automatically it's like a built in like you get support and stuff like that for being a victim. You but you get you get, you get attention,
0: but I don't feel like yeah. it's powerful. I feel like I mean, it's you know, I don't know. Being
1: a, being a perpetual victim can lead to some powerful stuff, though. like like you if you're a victim like I've been I I came from nothing. I you know, everybody leaves me everybody leaves me. So you you it you just look better to some people, you know. It really just depends on your perspective and things like that. Cuz like being a victim in certain situations, yeah, it can take it away from you. But being a victim's it, it can provide you control and power over other people's situations. Right. If, I'm, if I'm the victim of you, if we go to court, like I have evidence against you, I'm a victim, so I can get you prosecuted. I Got like it. the, you know, I like the hero in situations like that. So it it can provide you a, some a level of control over over people and things like that. And when, people believe victims still. You know, believe the victims. You know, they post it online. If, I, if I'm the first to post it and I look like a victim to you, I get support and you get ostracized, even if I'm the person who did it, who did the wrong thing. Right. You know.
0: Now, when you have to co-parent or if it's somebody that you just cannot leave and you set boundaries, how does somebody, and this was from a reader, how does somebody deal with the guilt that comes with the, when you set the boundary and they obviously don't like it and they make you feel sorry and you've left them and you're a horrible person? Like, how do you deal with all that when you are actually just trying to be good for, you know, and, and create boundaries to have a healthy life?
1: First, step, tell yourself the truth. A lot of people get in a situation when they get out of it. They don't tell themselves the truth of the situation. They they tell themselves like, oh, everybody does leave them. Everybody does do this. Maybe they are right. Don't question the truth. You know the truth. It, it is it's not your guilt. It's theirs. They are projecting their guilt onto you and you're feeling it, you know. They're, they're externally projecting their internal guilt onto you. So you feel it. You're like, oh, no, I don't want to leave them alone. I don't want to ruin their life. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But they would do the same. They would do it to you. I can guarantee you that. Yeah.
0: yeah well, that's funny. That it, Well, that leads me to my next question is why you can't just explain the pain like everybody wants closure and why, why can't you like a normal human being? Like if somebody sat me down and said, this is what you did, I would sit, listen and, and try to, to hear them to understand <laughs> like th- what, how I caused them pain. Like, why can't you do that with a narcissist?
1: Cause pain like this, this it, so take a pain, wait, take it like, oh, give me one second, let me take a deep breath. So I had to reset my robotic reset real quick. <laughs> Um, I don't want to hear it though like I, I just say a lot of narcissistic people have limited emotional capacity. They don't have a lot of emotions, especially empathy to go around and giving to other people. So you know, taking accountability requires empathy a lot of the time. I don't have a lot of that to go around. You know, I barely have enough empathy uh, enough you know care for myself to take care of myself in a lot of situations, so giving it to somebody else to make you feel better and make me feel worse that doesn't make it, it, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, so I have to give you this to make you feel better while I feel worse about how I what I did to you. You know what I mean? For closure? Nah, nah. It's just like most of that's where the lack of empathy kicks in. It just, you know, they can't process it and deal with the stuff, the stuff that they've done to you.
0: So, but I think a lot of people who are listening who have dealt with this in their life, they, they then get confused because they have seen that person fake empathy and fake caring mm-hmm. and fake, and especially in the beginning when they were so Wind nice and, and selfless. So...
1: When are they expressing their empathy? Like maybe when it's, ben- when it, when it's beneficial to them.
0: When it's beneficial yeah. to them.
1: When so it's beneficial to them.
0: Okay. So give me an example of that.
1: Even when I'm like, I've done something wrong to you. Yeah. I'm begging. Now, I, like say I've cheated on you, something like that, right?
0: Okay.
1: You, you, like, well, just a part of, you, like, just apologize. I'm now, I'm begging, and screaming, I'm crying and pleading. I look empathetic. I look remorseful. Don't I? Yes. The reason I'm doing that, I'm the reason I'm doing that is to get you not to leave me. <laughs> You know, it been that empathy right there, that little show of empathy, the show of remorse, gets you to stay with me. So I'm benefiting from this empathy. You know, but so, if you right. just so, but in that same situation, if you just like no, I'm not taking you back, watch the empathy switch off. <laughs> right. Watch the switch go off because there's no more no benefits. Like, oh I'm oh it's not, it's not working? Cool. Bye. You know, watch they will start getting mean. You know, it has to benefit them in some way, shape, or form for them to be empathetic towards you or others.
0: That's interesting. So, and, and I, a lot of people asked, cause you know, it's you, Ben Taylor. I love both of you know, the content that you guys provide, but a lot of people ask, and I do understand why, like to wrap your head around, was it all a lie? You know, because there are those moments that you are connected and they're amazing. And this, so how are you telling me that none of that really existed? How do you wrap your head around that?
1: Yeah. So me personally, I don't think it was all a lot because in the beginning, most times they do actually care about you. That's why they go above and beyond to get you. You know what I mean? Because like even including some of my own previous previous relationships, I've like love bombed the person. I'm like, damn, this is the one for me. I started doing all kinds of stuff that I didn't really want to do to get this person to fall for me. You know, but sooner or later, the other person does something because I build this image of this person up in my head. Like you're the perfect person for me. Sooner or later. That person does something to me, and it just that whole perfect image gets shattered. And then it's like I the devaluation process starts. They start to treat you differently. Like one of my exes, she just literally, and it's gonna sound it's gonna sound childish, y'all, and egotistical and masculine, but she told me she had slept with somebody that I knew years previously. I was like, why is you tell me? You know, it's just like my whole image of her like changed. I was like,
0: wait, but she huh? slept with this person before she knew you years, were alive. Okay, years, cool. years cool. before.
1: Years, sure. years before. Okay, and it was just came. It just came up a casual conversation. I was like, wait, what? My whole image, the whole image of her shattered. you know, what I mean, I, again, I know it sounds like fragile masculinity and all the other stuff because it probably it is, It's insecurities. Yeah, and if, you know. It just bubbled to the surface, and my whole image of her like shattered. Just imagine like a a, a mirror shattering. That's how I did. It, you do something, and you can't control it, y'all. It would Well, that's what I'm gonna you. ask
0: you because yeah. that was she didn't do anything quote unquote mm-hmm. wrong, so it you, could be anything. Yeah, she
1: didn't. Yeah, it could be absolutely anything that shatters the image, and you can't control it. You know, you can't fix it once once they emotionally disconnect from you like that because of the, the image shattered. You can't get the emotional connection back. They might not leave you. They might stay with you for a long period of time, but the relationship is never the same anymore. you can, a lot of people can feel it. You can tell like, damn, the relationship, like, well, you don't talk to me anymore. You don't text me like, you don't text me anymore. Right. You don't treat me like you used to. The dynamic has switched up a little bit. You can tell like, when you're in this relationship, you can tell when it's, it's, it, it feels like they started doing a little bit less.
0: Yeah. And it just gets worse and worse. And then you're chasing mm-hmm. for the beginning.
1: Yep, and you stay because you know they they have the potential to do it. They've treated you good before, so you stay trying to get that back. Like I just want that person back. I want the original. I want my, the person I met back. I want the person who took me to the beach back. I want and that person. When they're you know?
0: hoovering you, and then they promise that they will. Yeah. I guess that doesn't really happen.
1: Uh, no, when they promise that, they'll, like if they hoover you to get you back after you decide to break up with them, yeah, yeah, they'll they'll switch back. They'll switch it back on. They'll start doing the things that you've been asking them to do, Like especially if you break up with them or something. Hey, I'll do this for you. Hey, I'll do that for you. And I tell people I'm just like that is also manipulation, because if they start promising to do stuff that you've been asking them to do for years without you having to ask, that just shows you that they were intentionally withholding it from you. They know how to make you happy. They just don't want to do it anymore. They get tired of doing it anymore. So it's just like, mm, I know I know you like doing this, but I'm not going to do it. But you break up with me. I'm going to do it now because I know you like it. Hey, let's go on the, the trip you wanted to go on to. You know, right. Let's go to your favorite restaurant. I know we haven't been in 17 years in the first date, <laughs> but let's go.
0: Um, I love when you're like, beep boop boop But one day <laughs> you were telling a story which was so effed up, but you were talking about how you would – randomly text women numbers and pretend that your son was doing it just to get their attention to make you look like a doting father. Like what in oh, the yeah. actual, but that's how manipulative your brain works.
1: Yeah. It's just like, cause I, was, I remember <laughs> holding my son. Like, he can even like, he was like one mother. He could even hold a phone. He was still like breastfeeding. Or something. He, he, he couldn't hold a phone. <laughs> But I would just like, you know, I would have, you know, I would like, hey, I not talked to this person in a long time. It's like, I look at him. I like, I had an idea. <laughs> just random numbers, letters, whatever. Hey, who, like, you okay? I was, oh my God, sorry. I'm watching my son. He just got my phone. Anyway, what you been doing? <laughs> works every time. Oh, you, got a, you got a son right now? Like, yeah, my baby. daddy. Look, daddy's son time right now. Send me a little picture. Do some, you know, it, it, it works.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It works
1: because at the end that.
0: of the day. Oh man, I was laughing when I heard that story, and I was like, "God, there's something." Well, I was like in my head, I was like, "There's something wrong with you," but you know that I don't have to tell you that.
1: Yeah, I, I know. Like, if I told this story, I know I messed up. It was I'm like I always,
0: oh yeah, I got. I always know when you're like, I know I'm gonna get heat for this. I'm like, oh God, what's coming? Like, what is about to come out of your mouth?
1: <laughs> but, I know, I, yeah, I'm preparing y'all for it.
0: I know. I love, trust me. I love it. Um. And you also talk about like how victims can start picking up traits from the narcissist. And I think that's like the most confusing part because the most nicest empathetic person starts acting sort of crazy. Why does that happen? Yeah.
1: Um some some people like, once you get in being in an environment sometimes a toxic environment for a long time you start picking up traits you start acting like the people you're around and this is not just a narcissistic thing but that's you start to act like you people you the people you're around the most so you start they they call it a narcissistic fleas where you actually pick up like defense mechanisms from the narcissistic person that you've been with for a long time yeah So you start looking you start looking like a toxic person yeah you know you what are doing? Are you doing are you eating
0: potato chips
1: I do I'm sorry. I was just what about water bottle. I fell off the ground picked it up. <laughs> I'm moving around in my office. Stop moving
0: around. <laughs> <laughs> People are hanging on your every word. Wait, yeah. so how do you get rid of those, quote unquote,
1: fleas? Typically, therapy. therapy. And like I said, therapy, therapy is like, I know it's the easy choice. People are like, well, what if we can't afford therapy? Write this stuff down. Write, yeah, write down the truth. I feel like writing down the truth will set you free because right, not not the, the version of the truth the narcissistic person has 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 given you not their not their recollection of, recollection of events the truth your truth write it down get it out of your system because the more and more you start to internalize it I'm telling you it starts it starts to poison you from the inside out it will yes. start to eat away at you yes you know so, so that's part one get it out of your system because you you. Typically, you tend to lose your identities, especially if in a long-term relationship with a narcissistic person. You'll lose your identity. You don't know who you are when you get out of it. Yeah, you're just like, who am I now? Who am I? I don't know who I am right now. You know, you get into these dynamics in these situations where you don't understand what you're going through, and they're like, once you get out of it, you kind of lost. You don't know who you are, so you start to act like them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there was so, a
0: one woman who sent me a DM who had been out. She just got out of 18 years, and she mm. actually said she felt like a shell of herself just. She had to rebuild all over again because she forgot who she actually was. And that really happens.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like you used to do the old Super Mario game with the little turtles or whatever. That's yeah. what, what, what kind of happens. Like the narcissist Mario come jump on you, knock you out of your shell. Yeah. So you you, know, you can get a better shell. But re- uh, people got You got to rebuild yourself. I know it seems unfair. It does. Like, <clears throat> you, you've been in a long-term relationship and then I'll y- break up and now you left picking up the pieces, trying to rebuild yourself, but you get to rebuild yourself. I mean, people, if you change the perspective on it, like now, I get to rebuild myself into a better version. Like I, the old person, the old me fell for this narcissistic, toxic person and, w- 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 and was with them for X amount of years. So the new me has boundaries. The new me has more self-love. The yeah. new me has this? It's, you can build a better you. you and mean, it's never too late.
0: It's never too late.
1: Oh no! I, I'm telling you. You said 18 years. I've talked to I've talked to women, women hey, and men. 37, 38, 39, 40. I think the longest one, 44 years. Got married when they was like 17, and she just left, and she's like, I'm. I'm she was 61, I think. Uh, she's like, I'm starting over. so like, I don't, have, I don't need no man. I'm, I'm good. She's like, I just want to be by myself. I don't. Yeah. Know. Like. I've been, with I've been, I've been had kids and a husband for, for 44 years.
0: When I was talking to Jill Wise, who's also does one-on-one coaching, she said one of her clients was in his seventies. So it's just never too late to recover from this. And it is super painful, but you know, mm-hmm. there's always hope.
1: Yeah. Pain changes, you yeah. know, pain, pain changes. When you go through pain, you know, you, sometimes you, when you go through pain, you know, you're growing, it's like working out in the gym or something like that. You do a bunch of curls, a bunch of sit-ups. Your stomach hurt, but you might have some abs in a couple of weeks, you know? Right. Yeah, keep doing the, keep doing the sit-ups.
0: <laughs> well, I keep doing the sit-ups and I still don't have abs, but what, <laughs> what about like I've when you approach a narcissist with actual proof, you have video of them at the restaurant. You have whatever it is, you know, you have everything you need and they still deny it. That seems insane to me. What goes through your head when you're looking at a video that your wife is showing you with, and you're with another woman or something else or text messages, and you're still denying it? Like, how does that even make sense in your mind?
1: So, a lot of times they're denying it because they look, they, they need time to think of some kind of rational answer. They'll just get mad and and get rage out on you and stuff like that. And how you find how you find out becomes more important than what they actually did. How did you find this? How did you get this? Right. Who, who, who do you have follow me? Are you stalking me now? Are you crazy as hell. Wow, you invaded my privacy. You get a whole bunch of stuff like that. But in my mind, this is how my mind works on that situation though. If you are approaching me with it, with this information, it means you're not going to leave me regardless of what I say. You know what I mean? So tell me why leave, why
0: why tell me that. Explain because,
1: it. because if you if you were going to leave me, you wouldn't even show me. You just plan, you would have just planned your exit. You know what I mean? But the fact that you're showing this to me, you get it means you give me a chance to explain myself, which means you're being rational. You imagine, okay, these person is being rational with me, I can manipulate you into staying with me, mm-hmm. regardless of what I say, because like if you you have the evidence, you have the proof, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of confessing to you.
0: Okay. Now, <laughs> yes, okay, so that, but then, yes, you're right, that's the way to do it because you can't mm-hmm. if you don't give them the reason, they don't have the chance to manipulate you. But then, yeah. what's the difference between that and ghosting? And because narcissists just discard, and you'll never hear from them again. So what's the difference? It's almost like you're then the narcissist by not giving.
1: But you have a reason, though, right? Right. right. So in, <laughs> oh, intent, right. Intent, intent matters. You got you got a whole Manila envelope full of cheating photos and text messages, screenshots. You know, printing them out. You know, you have this, so you have a reason to quote unquote ghost. You know what I mean? That narcissist person typically they might ain't have a reason. They might just oh, time to go, bounce, right. and they, they disappear on you. You mean it's just time to become Casper? They just, you know, they they, they bounce, they disappear on you. But like that's what I say. Like I, my 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 like, my advice to people: if you catch them up and you don't, and like your if your goal is to leave them, you don't need a confession, y'all. Because they, when you when you need a confession, that's when they have power over you because they know you need that from me. I'm not gonna give you that. I'm not gonna give it up to you. Right. I'm not. And if I do, I, if I do, I don't think you're gonna leave me you going to leave me? No, I just want you to, I just want you to answer this question. Oh, cool. I'm not going to answer the question. You're not going to leave. What's the point? <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. You've said on multiple occasions, like every time you go back, it just, the it gets worse and worse because what you're telling the person is it's Okay.
1: Yeah. You're okay with the previous behavior. So what more can I get away with? What more can I but do? But how You've does that
0: make done? sense? Because I, let's say you and I are together and you're cheating on me and I catch you. And then you promise me, you promise me that you'll never do it again. Then I'm, I've already told you, no, that's not okay with me. So how how do you compute it that I'm saying it's okay? I already told you it's not okay. And I left you.
1: B- because you came back.
0: <laughs> but I came back because you promised me you'd never cheat on me again.
1: Yeah, I, I promise you. We were under the initial promise at first. Like you, we, <laughs> monogamy. Monogamy is the promise at first, isn't it? You know what I mean? Right. For most relationships, I know everybody's not monogamous. That's true. But um, but for, mo- for most relationships or whatnot, the the promise is monogamy. Like, oh, we're together. We're boyfriend and girlfriend now. You know, I was like, cool. We're not going to cheat on each other. So you know, once you catch me up, it's just like you forgive me. If you forgive me, like all bets are off. It was like, it's a new relationship pretty much. But if you know? I
0: forgave you when I only <laughs> forgave you, cause you swore to me, it would never happen again.
1: Did it happen again? No, I don't
0: know. <laughs>
1: I, I didn't get back yeah, together I mean, with I you. Just saying. you know, right. It's, you're it's, saying it's, it's it, going it, to happen but, again, but it's going to happen again. I, like, I think that if you, if they, if, especially if they start blaming you, you're the reason I cheated. You know right. I mean? Right. You, you, you ain't, you ain't hugged me in a week. You know, I, you know, I have my needs. Right. You know, you know, I was on vacation. I'm a hug. I gave you a virtual hug. Damn, you cheated. You're like, well, what's your fault? If they if they get you to somehow take accountability for them cheating on you, then you lose. I promise you. Yes. They're gonna keep doing it over and over again because you just gave them the key. Like, I can. Oh, you you'll take accountability for what I do to you. Yeah. Especially just back and forth. The more time. i say. The more time you do it. Why wouldn't it be okay? I cheated on you four times. You came back every time. Why? why? Is it not okay? Right. <laughs> (laughs) I mean, I'm laughing,
0: but it's just it's so messed up. But I remember when I was younger, one of my uh, friend's moms, her dad had cheated on her. And he I was I don't know why they let me hear this conversation, but he was completely blaming it all on her. And she fell for it. And I just remember being I was like 17. I'm like, what are you crazy? Like, but you're right. It's they're going to turn it around and blame it on you.
1: Always, especially if you're in it. Yep, especially if you've been if you've been in it for a while. But what if you know? the
0: cheater then turns around and takes accountability and really says they're going to go to therapy and really shows empathy for the pain they've caused you and they're really crying with tears and they're really just awfully like just feel awful.
1: So, I, I, so this is the point right here. I just. I know narcissistic people will manipulate you with tears and promises of change and things like that. You know, I always ask people: is even if they say, if, even if they did all of that, would it be enough for you? Is that going to be enough for you? You know, because I talked to a woman earlier um, today, and she's like, she gave her husband, or I guess he did something to her. She gave him a quota, you know, what I mean, a list of stuff that he had to do to get her back, mm-hmm. and he did it. And so as soon as he got it back, he stopped. It's like it has to be a continuous thing. It just can't be like five sessions. I'm going to to five sessions of therapy and we're going to be good. No, this is forever. You know, I'm, I will be in therapy forever and I'm fine with it. You know, what I mean? cause I know if I don't go to therapy, I'll regress. Yeah. I'll go back to who I was. You know, it, it just does. It just happens that way. But I always tell people, you know, narcissistic people will cry, beg, please, snot coming out, running out their nose, go to therapy, promise you to go to therapy, promise you to change and then do it again.
0: Even if they do go to therapy, they don't really yeah. need it. Right.
1: Therapy isn't like you said. Therapy isn't a guarantee that they're going to be better, y'all. I just I I have to say that it's not a guarantee that this person is going to make positive change. But Lee, you're in therapy, exactly. Yeah, I am. I'll be I'll be in therapy for the rest of my life. It's a lifelong commitment, and I'll go to therapy, be honest and vulnerable. Yeah, do I have slip ups? where I just I, I might have a little rage incident. But yeah, I might. Do I catch myself giving the of treatment? Yeah, but I, I log out of it. I can catch myself in the moment. Hey, sorry, I, I was talking to you. I know I caught myself. I did. You know, I catch myself. It's work. It's consistent change behavior. It's not just a quick, you know, fast change isn't real change when it comes to narcissistic people.
0: I, I know I we're running out of time, but I have one more like uh, listener question. They wanted to know, how do you approach a co-parent um, that you need to get on the same page when they think they're being a perfect parent and he's a complete narcissist? Like, how do you, how do you approach somebody that you still have to sort of work with in a way? Oof.
1: So typically people, when you're trying to co-parent with a narcissist, people tell you to look up parallel parenting, where you kind of, you just parent on your own time the way you parent, but like when you need to negotiate with them, uh, this is, it, it, I tell people, w- read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People okay, and try to make it, try to make the situation seem like a win-win or try to make it seem like the narcissistic person is getting the best of you. It sounds stupid, but sometimes you have to, you you have to give in to the ego sometimes. Like, right. Hey, I know you, Hey, I know you like to be super parent. So, you know, make you look really great, signing your son up for therapy. Will it? You know, something like that. You have to negotiate. Okay. Like win win. Like, that's why I said the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, it teaches you how to negotiate to make the other person feel like they're winning, but you're also winning. Yeah. Well, you have to give a little to get a lot sometimes. Oh,
0: God. It's exhausting.
1: It it, it is. That's what I tell y'all. Final note if you don't have kids with a narcissist, don't have them. I'm going to tell y'all. Y'all yeah, see, it gets worse than Copenhagen.
0: Everybody thinks if I have a kid, maybe they'll change. Nope. Uh, they
1: will. They get worse. Yeah, they, will. You're right. <laughs> they, 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 they will.
0: Lee, listen. Thank you. You have to come back on. I, everybody, I'm gonna put all of the notes on how to get in touch with him. He does one-on-one consulting. He has a podcast, a YouTube video, TikTok, Instagram. And the the message is still, it's great, great knowledge, but it's actually still funny. It makes me laugh sometimes when I'm on a walk. So th- Lee, thank you so much.
1: All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it.